Um, and so after my finals were over, like literally the last day of finals um, was our first date. And we went to go see the Mesa Temple Lights again because I hadn't had a chance to like really go see them. So I made him take me. Hello, I'm Jerrica. And I'm Claire. Welcome to another episode of Temple Tours. Our goal is to virtually take you to Latter-day Saint temples around the world. We discuss the history of each area, little-known facts, architectural symbolism, and we'll always include at least one story submitted by you, our listeners. Today, we are talking about a modern-day temple with an architectural design that seems to be largely inspired by the Temple of Herod. Although it is not technically considered a pioneer temple, it was only the seventh temple to be dedicated after the pioneers found refuge in the West. In order to cover more history and give you more information about the recent renovations done to this temple, we have decided to split this episode into two parts. We would love to hear your experiences of attending the temple open house and temple dedication as we near Christmas. We plan to compile more stories and the architectural symbolism in a future episode, likely to air in spring of 2022. As always, if you have a story that you'd like to share about this temple or any other temple that you love, please email us at ldstempletours at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at templetourspod. Members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints began settling parts of Arizona in the 1870s. At that point in church history, the saints had left the temples Kirtland, Ohio, and Nauvoo, Illinois to find safety in the West. There were saints settling towns up and down what we now know as Interstate 15 that runs north to south from Canada to Mexico through Montana, Idaho, Utah, Arizona, Nevada, and California. Some saints had gone to California while others stayed or continued to migrate to Utah. There had been successful missions in many parts of the world by then, including Hawaii, Mexico, and Europe. The church continued to grow in Arizona, however, it wasn't until after World War I that President Heber J. Grant selected a temple site in Mesa on February 1, 1920. Mesa was selected as the next place for a temple because it was central to saints living in Southern California and Mexico. Heber J. Grant returned to Mesa about two years later on April 25, 1922 to break ground for the temple. Until the Mesa temple was dedicated, couples living in Arizona would travel by wagon to St. George to be sealed. If you're familiar with the geography of Northern Arizona, you can imagine this trek would have been very long, very hot, and very difficult. The Grand Canyon stands right in between Mesa and St. George, so going around it was a must. There's a trail where Highway 89A crosses the Colorado River where you can take a hike and see markings from the Pioneer Wagons. Will Barnes, who owned a ranch in the area at the time, often chatted with travelers as they passed his property. In 1934, he wrote a newspaper article about the experience and called it the Honeymoon Trail. The name stuck. Since the dedication of the Mesa Temple, saints no longer had to take that trek around the Grand Canyon to be sealed to their families. Before we continue, we would like to remind you that you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Temple Tours Pod. Be sure you're following us for a more visual version of each episode with pictures and videos. If you would like to support us via Patreon, you'll also receive more exclusive content like a weekly after the credits conversation with the host and more to come. That can all be found at patreon.com slash templetourspod. We are so grateful for your support. And so then we just ended up going to the Mesa Temple a lot, just like when we were hanging out and we would do sessions just because he lived like right close by. So it just made sense. 
Um, and I always liked to sit in the celestial room afterwards for a little bit, just to like think and just like avoid going back out into the world for a minute. Uh, and so I was in there with him and I just remember looking at him and thinking like, wow, like I need to marry this guy. Like I, it was so like out of the blue and it was like, I was 21, like I was still in school. I was super young and I was like, I don't need to get married right now. And I was like, but I really like him. <laughs> and so that was like my epiphany moment that I was like, okay, this is the guy. In the last two episodes, we highlighted the Carson, Alberta and the Laie Hawaii temples, which were both designed by architects Hiram Pope and Harold Burton. Although the Mesa, Arizona temple looks similar and has similar functionality and details, this temple was actually designed by architects Don Carlos Young Jr. and Ram Hansen. They, like Pope and Burton, entered and won a competition the church held in Salt Lake. It is estimated that before the dedication of the Mesa temple, 200,000 people toured the new temple. The Mesa Temple was dedicated over several sessions between October 23rd and 26, 1927. Heber J. Grant was able to travel to Mesa a third time for the completion and dedication of the temple. After the temple was dedicated, the temple grounds quickly became the heart of the community and a place for friends, families, and neighbors to gather. The Easter pageant, also known as Jesus the Christ, began as a small production in 1928, only a year after the temple was dedicated. The pageant was put on pause during World War II and during the most recent renovations, but has run every other year for nearly a hundred years. What started as a small pageant grew to host 90,000 guests during its 90th year in 2018. Those running the pageant are volunteers, many from other faiths. An audition is required to participate, and while over 400 people are needed, about 1,000 people audition every year. The temple also puts up hundreds of thousands of Christmas lights in December, attracting tens of thousands of people. In December 2014, 14,000 people visited the visitor center alone. Just a little bit of background. So my husband served his mission actually here in Arizona. He was in um, Tempe Mesa Mission. I think technically it was Tempe. But so I had met him. My friend who was a convert to the church also knew like all of the missionaries. And so she introduced us to us. <laughs> she introduced me to him. Um, and that was one time. Like I met him a few times while he was serving, but I didn't really talk to him, didn't really think much of it. Like he was a missionary and he wasn't really serving in my ward or anything. So I really didn't interact with him all that much. So after he finished his mission, he went home to Florida and he stayed there for a few months and just kind of had this feeling that he needed to go back to Arizona. Like he just kept getting like prompting after prompting. He's like, okay, fine, I'll just move. And so his whole family's out there, but he left with essentially like no plan, no job. Like he didn't even really have a living situation planned out. He just literally jumped in his car and drove for like 27 hours straight. So he just drove here. Um, he drove with his dad, though, so it wasn't like him alone, but still, I could never do that. <laughs> so he arrives back here, and the first place he goes is to the Mesa Temple. Um, he wanted to show his dad the temple lights because they used to do the Christmas lights, uh, and that was the last year that they were doing them because they were going to shut down uh, for renovations. And so that same night, I was like in the middle of finals week, but I, it was our ward temple night, and so I was like, okay, I really don't want to go but I had like a million tests to study for and a million papers to write and I really just wanted a break. Um, and so I went to the temple. We did like a, I think we did an endowment session. And so afterwards it was nighttime and all of the lights were up. And so I really just wanted a picture with the Christmas lights and the temple because I thought it would be really cute. 
Um, and so I went to go take a picture and my phone just stopped working. Just out of nowhere, it just like would not take this picture. And so I'm sitting there like banging my phone on the concrete, probably not looking very cute. And I see this guy walk up and I was like, hmm, he looks really familiar. And then somebody else like intercepted him and started talking to him. So I never actually got to talk to him that night. But that was the moment that like our eyes met from across the courtyard, like that magical like fairy tale moment, if you will. Um, and so I had to leave. So I never got to talk to him. I had to go back home and study. But later that night, I got a Facebook message from him, like apologizing for not being able to talk to me, but that he wanted to take me out sometime. Um, so after my finals were over, like literally the last day of finals um, was our first date and we went to go see the Mesa Temple Lights again because I hadn't had a chance to like really go see them so I made him take me. Um, and we ended up doing Temple Lights like three dates in a row somehow because it was like everyone's ward activity at that time because it's Christmas time and like that's the fun thing to do I guess. So it, we just did it a bunch but I loved it. For 47 years, the Mesa, Arizona Temple served saints in Arizona, Mexico, and the southern states, all the way out to Florida. As the temple closed for renovation in 1974, the Washington, D.C. temple was dedicated, and those living in the American South no longer had to make the trip to Arizona. The renovation of 1974 was one of large scale. Among other things, the original burlap murals that were decaying were removed and shipped to Salt Lake for storage and preservation. Unfortunately, not all pieces of the murals were salvageable. During this renovation, they also added a new entrance and larger dressing rooms and ceiling rooms. This addition added 17,000 square feet. This time, there was an open house from March 19th to April 3rd, 1975, and the temple was rededicated on April 15th and 16th of that year by Spencer W. Kimball. In an article dated March 19, 1975, the Arizona Daily Sun shared the news of the open house and information on how to get free tickets. They also included that, at the time, there were only 16 temples in operation around the world and only one more announced in Sao Paulo, Brazil. More than 200,000 people attended the temple open house in 1975. It was the first time a temple had been renovated, reopened to the public, and then rededicated in church history. Friends of the faith were excited to see inside a Mormon temple. In 1980, they added another ordinance room, which allowed sessions to begin every half hour. The original murals that had been taken out in 1974 were sent back to be reinstalled in 1991. Sadly, only one wall of each room could be restored. After we had dated for a little bit, like I said, we were going to the Mesa Temple a lot, and so we dated for a little while, and then we were going to do what I thought was just a normal temple session, and he like stopped me by, when we were walking up, there's like this, um, they used to have these giant planters. I think they're gone now because they changed a bunch of stuff. But they used to have these giant planters out by the reflection pool. And that was where I had been sitting the night that I saw him when he arrived there. And so he like paused me there. And all of a sudden he just like got down on one knee and proposed to me and I was like, what is happening? But it was so cute because it was the same spot that I had been sitting in. And like now he was asking me to marry him. Um, and so the Mesa Temple is really a huge part of our story too. And I just like love telling it because I think it's like a really sweet, cute, cheesy story. Um, and I think that maybe like Heavenly Father knew that I needed to meet him there because like the temple was such a source of like calm and clarity that he was like influencing me sort of in a positive way. And so, yeah, I could tell that story like over and over <laughs> again. 
In May of 2018, the temple was closed again for more extensive renovations. The temple has continued to be renovated through the COVID-19 pandemic. When the temple reopens, it will have a new roof and drainage system, upgraded HVAC, plumbing, and electrical. Some of the changes that were made in the 70s will be restored to their original pioneer state by either restoring them or replicating them. With that will come new furniture and finishes. Historic murals that have been removed and put back over the years will be preserved. Stained glass windows have also been restored. The renovation extends beyond the building itself. The church demolished the old visitor center and built a new one to include a family search center across the street. They also added new gardens and changed the grounds to better accommodate the Easter pageant. And they completely replaced the old reflection pools. The interior of the temple is designed a lot like the Cartson, Alberta and Laie, Hawaii temples, with each instructional room higher than the last as you move towards the celestial room. Echoing the design of young Hiram Pope, a 32-year-old from Germany, and Harold Burton, who, at the time, was only 25 years old. The exterior is glazed terracotta tiles reinforced with 130 tons of steel. Since the renovations in 1975, the temple's square footage is 113,916 and sits on a beautiful 20-acre lot. The Mesa, Arizona Temple will be rededicated on December 12, 2021, after having been postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The church will host a public open house between October 16th and November 20th of 2021. Tickets and reservations are encouraged. The Mesa, Arizona Temple will be rededicated on December 12th by Dallin H. Oaks. Temple Tours is a production of Mecco Radio. Jerrica Dennison and Claire Oser hosted today's episode. Special thank you to Elizabeth for sharing her story with us today. This episode was written and produced by Jerrica Dennison, and I, Alex Williams, edited this program. The music we use includes Where I Find Rest by Sun Wash, In the Clouds by Be Still the Earth, Wonderland by Midtro, Ray by Kevin Graham, Horizon by Cloud Cover, Intro by Miles Kredic, and after All This Time by Ben Winwood. A full list of sources and credits can be found in the show notes. And we should note, this is not an official podcast of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode.